Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. I have no idea why ABC took it upon themselves to rehabilitate Alec Baldwin, but here we are. And here they are. This special that's going on tonight, whenever it is, with George Stephanopoulos and Alec Baldwin, this special where Alec Baldwin's going to let you know that he feels so absolutely horrible. And then he's unloading, man, that's a terrible use of words, Tony. That really was not intentional. I should apologize. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. Good to be with you. 833, got Tony. 833-468-8669. There's nothing funny about what has taken place. A woman is dead because of Alec Baldwin. What is Alec Baldwin saying? He didn't even pull the trigger. It wasn't in the script for the trigger to be pulled. Well, the trigger wasn't pulled. I didn't pull the trigger. So you never pulled the trigger? No, 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 no. I, I would never point a gun at anyone and pull a trigger at them, never. What did you think happened? How did a real bullet get on that set? I have no idea. Someone put a live bullet in a gun, a bullet that wasn't even supposed to be on the property. This is his defense. Everyone else is at fault. I never pulled the trigger. But you did point it at someone. Helena Hutchins, and she is dead. The director was injured, this on the set of the movie Rust. There's a lot to unpack here. And we should note that according to Stephen Kotowski over at TheReload.com, yes, it is possible for this type of weapon to fire without the trigger being pulled having to do with a series of safety mechanisms in something like this, which was a, a, a replica. The Santa Fe County Sheriff identified the gun in the shooting as a modern Pieta replica of a single-action Army revolver. They come with transfer bars, which, which would make it impossible for the firing pin to strike the primer unless the trigger is pulled, or without one, enthusiasts and collectors prefer those without the modern safeties because it's more authentic. It is possible that a single-action revolver with an old-style firing mechanism can fire without either the hammer being cocked or the trigger being pulled because when the hammer is down on that kind of revolver, the firing pin does protrude. If something is, is jostled enough, if it's given enough of a jolt, the pin can strike the primer with enough force to set it off. The primer, of course, being the projectile, the bullet. Stephen Gutowski is the real deal. Cam Edwards is the real deal. These people know firearms. Guy Relford is the real deal. So the argument that he is making here is not one to the defense of, of Alec Baldwin, but rather to the science of what is possible possible we have to ask ourselves what is probable and the probability is not on the side of Alec Baldwin the idea that he would just simply in in this blocking the scene out pull the the the, the weapon from his holster and that was enough of a jostle to have it discharge 
That's hard to believe, but within his response here, in this this tease, it wasn't. Hold on a second, there, George Stephanopoulos. I'll get to you. Within this tease from ABC, I think he implicates himself. It wasn't in the script for the trigger to be pulled. Well, the trigger wasn't pulled. I didn't pull the trigger. So you never pulled the trigger? No, no, no. I, I would never point a gun at anyone and pull a trigger at them. Never. What did you think happened? a real bullet get on that set? I have no idea. Someone put a live bullet in a gun. A bullet that wasn't even supposed to be on the property. Why didn't you check the weapon? There's going to be a question as to why you, Alec Baldwin, did not check the weapon in question. As far as I see it, not being a lawyer, lawyers can correct me. This is Alec Baldwin implicating himself. Because he's admitting he did not know what was in the weapon that he was handed. He is saying that in the chain of command or or, or the chain of, of, of custody, he didn't do what one would rationally think is his job, to check the weapon. There are actors out there who say absolutely positively you check the weapon, of course you do. Everybody knows this. You, it, this is an insanity to think otherwise. Some people tell you the, the, the armor gives uh, the weapon. The first ID tells you it's cold. You believe them. You're in the scene. You're in the moment. But this wasn't even the scene. This was blocking. And in the blocking, he pointed the weapon at a person. I put forth to you that he had to have done something with the trigger. I don't believe the story. What I believe is that ABC is working very hard to rehabilitate their friend. That's, that seems to be uh, th- their objective. Now, over at Arizona State University, I don't know what the objective is at all. This is joyous. I went to Arizona State. I never graduated Arizona State. My family couldn't afford it. They needed to uh, my help in, in, in running a business, so I, I left school. That's, that's how it happened. I, I went part-time, so there was enough money. My brother was finishing up so he could graduate, and then uh, they needed help, and I, and I left. I, I, I did my part for God and country. Do I regret it? Not necessarily. Maybe it would have been easier if I graduated, but knowing myself at the time, the truth is I never should have been there. It's not that Arizona State wasn't pretty. It just wasn't for me. But then again, I don't know if any college would have been for me. It was, it was the first time I realized, you know, th- this, this, this depression of mine, this, this is legit. This is real. And it, it, I mean, it, it was with me the, certainly when I was a teenager and, and throughout my 20s. But I don't remember. I mean, I had some good times at ASU. I don't remember people being stupid. This, I don't remember at all. A protest from socialists at ASU against Kyle Rittenhouse, who doesn't go to Arizona State University. Kyle Rittenhouse, not guilty on all the charges in Kenosha. He was going to take some online classes, online classes at ASU. He has since withdrew, and they're still having events. How dare you let him do this? After all, He's a white supremacist. Um, we want to say Kyle Rittenhouse is not just any random killer. He's a white supremacist killer. He's a vigilante. He's a descendant of white Americans who killed black and brown people. And those white supremacists back in the day were also acquitted of all charges if we have read history. 
uh, for, forget Columbia. Don't send your kids to ASU. <laughs> In the Ahmed Arbery case out of Georgia, three white men were found guilty on, I had said all charges the other day, nearly all charges, um, of killing a black man because they did. But if when it comes to Kyle Rittenhouse and Kenosha, it's white supremacy. We all see this for what it is. Ignorant people who need there to be racial strife will not listen to facts, logic, or reason. Rather, they will simply go down the road of trying to prove the racial uh, in- inequities, if you will. They will purposefully willingly lie, deny the truth, deny other things to push uh, their fantasy. This fantasy is more than fantasy. This is their existence. This girl at ASU, this socialist, uh, you should note that they were also carrying around signs that say death to America. You see, it's not just Hamas. It's not just uh, those uh, who are friends of the Ayatollah. Socialists are the enemy. Show that to your kids and tell them that any time one of their friends engages some, hey, check out how cool socialism is, they're schmucks. Just say it. Just directly and thusly. Here is a grown woman with a sign that says, death to America. Where if she was having that, wearing that sign or carrying that sign in Iran, she already would have been stoned to death because who is she to go out without a man? You see, you got you, you to gotta logic them from the side. You're coming at them with a frontal assault. Boom, you got to hit them from the, from the flank. That's, that's how it got, a truth bomb goes off there. Then they're all concussed, and maybe in that moment you can slip in a little bit of knowledge, and they'll be like, oh, yeah, you, you may have a point. Kyle Rittenhouse was not guilty because the video evidence showed that he was attacked repeatedly. The three guys in the Ahmed Arbery case are guilty because thank goodness there was video evidence that showed they engaged in false imprisonment and they were the ones instigating and attacking him. Back to the good people at Arizona State University protesting against that white supremacist Kyle Rittenhouse. Oh, yeah, that was the, the counter-protesters? The counter-protesters had a good time. <laughs> but it gets better because uh, the, the, this, 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 this woman who is uh, screaming and yelling, black woman, I, I, just for context, she also wants you to know that she goes to a university that isn't just any university. ASU is not only a predominantly white university, it is a white supremacist university. At this moment, I, I, I feel you. You have now gone crazy. Because if... ASU, Arizona State University, is a white supremacist university. Why did they allow this black socialist into the school? She has to know when she says it that it's not possible and it's not real and it's all a lie and she's making it up and she knows that she's lying while she's saying it.
She has to know it. But if the school isn't a white supremacist university, how is she going to get noticed? How is she going to be special? How is she going to be fighting against the institutional racism? I will tell you, I'm disgusted by the terminology of institutional racism. I think I'd be uh, a foolhardy, uh, uh, well, let's start with the basics. It would be foolhardy to say that racism doesn't exist. Of course it does. But institutional racism is to set the idea that there are specific structures that are built and to this day keep people of a specific color or a specific race or a specific religion or a specific sex out. Now, if you tell me that there are private structures that do this, private businesses, you know what I'll tell you? I think that's awful. But it's their business. But if you are a black female socialist speaking at Arizona State University without being jailed, while you are a student there, enrolled, they accepted you, how could it be a white supremacist university? What institutional racism could exist at Arizona State University that allows you to be a student, to be a socialist, to be black, to be a woman, and then to speak with a microphone without going to jail? It's an impossibility. Somewhere this girl has to know that. But since there's never any ramification... Since nobody ever confronts her, since if you do confront her, she will call you a racist in proof of of the bigotry or the patriarchy or whoever knows what else she might say. She has been given all the tools to never have a conversation that forces her to look in the mirror and say, I am wrong. And oh, is she wrong? ASU is not only a predominantly white university, it is a white supremacist university. Why are they all cheering? I went to Arizona State University. I'm Jewish. Would I go to a white supremacist university? Can I tell you, I I spent two years at ASU, never saw a cross burning once. I don't know, I wasn't as social as other kids, but I, I, I stepped out of my dorm room. Never once saw it. No one ever in the history of my time at Arizona State University saw me coming out from the library, which is actually underground. It's super cool. Uh, coming out from the library. No one ever once screamed, there's the Jew. It never happened. Never, never have, I, I will tell you, uh, except for uh, at a family reunion, no one has ever yelled at me, there's the Jew, okay? Just so, just so we're perfectly clear. What are they all cheering for? They're students too. They're cheering the fact that they go to a white supremacist university? That's very, very strange. And that is exactly what whiteness and masculinity looks like. Enter the guy on the side who is screaming that this girl is a bigot. What's wrong with my skin color? Why do you hate me? Why are you a bigot? And of course, she, not wanting to confront the fact that she's a bigot and engaged in bigotry, engaged in hate, engaged in ignorance, that guy is just proof of what toxic masculinity is. 
You see, it's always somebody else. It's always something they're doing. But he's just going full out. There was a lot of screaming. It's not very helpful. There's so much gloriousness to unpack in all this. But understand, they have built out all the terminology so they never have to look at themselves. It's always someone else. There is always an accusation to be made, meant to put rational people of all skin colors on guard and on eggshells. My advice to you, step firmly. Crack the eggshells. Be honest. I'm Tony Katz. I like Representative Byron Donalds. Byron Donalds is there and he's uh, talking to one of uh, Biden's nominees and talking about the economy and talking about what happens when you pay people with tax credits and this, that, and the other and how you disincentivize work. This was all increase administrator. Can you can we honestly have a conversation and sit here that if you do something like child tax credit, which will give people three hundred dollars per child, that that's going to make it easier for them to go back to work? Or is it going to make it harder? Is it going to make an economic decision where they're going to make the choice of, you know what, maybe I don't need the additional five hours. If you cascade that through an economy across the 31 million small businesses in the United States, do you think it's going to be easier or harder for small businesses to staff their their companies in order to be effective for their customers? As President Biden says, we, you know, we well, we all know President Biden doesn't know much about the economy. We can't bet against the American people. Holy crap. The congressman from Florida. I mean, that's just... His name is Byron, B-Y-R-O-N, Donalds. D-O-N-A-L-D-S. He's solid. He's. I don't know if I agree with him on everything. I still have more to learn about him, but what I've, what I've seen, and especially as he's uh, discussing economy and, and, and discussing uh, what we've done to America, he's been wonderfully clear. This is Tony Katz Today. The situation in Michigan at the school shooting Oxford High School is bad. Down to the point where investigators are saying we don't know how to properly explain it. We don't know how to share the words. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. It's good to be with you. We don't use names here, so I won't be using the name of the shooter who is 15 years old, who does have a lawyer, who has pled not guilty, which makes me think, of course, uh, this is somebody who's going to go down the insanity defense. Four kids dead, others injured. Teachers injured. As the reporting goes... This kid simply walked around the school, did not run, aiming and firing, knocking on classroom doors, firing into classrooms, was able to, as I have read it, reload. And it was 
the, he, he he was stopped in about five minutes when police arrived. Certainly, uh, this was not like uh, those on campus there at Parkland, the Marjorie Stoneman Douglas. These were officers who did their job. The story also continues that the parents of this child were at the school that morning because the child was having serious behavioral issues, and they were talking about it. The school was talking to the parents about it. There was a video made by the child wanting to shoot up a school. The firearm was purchased four days before by the father. There's going to be a question of whether it was locked up and all these sorts of things, and there's going to be a level of culpability that that we, we know is going to come. We're aware of this. We see this. The, I, the, the, the interesting thing that I have seen is how quickly this story is gone. It's gone. If I were to take a look at the homepage of CNN, I have one small story about it. What do I have? The real reason Ted Cruz is threatening another government shutdown. John Roberts has a plan that would gut yet save Roe versus Wade. Can it work? I don't want John Roberts to have plans. I want him to... He is such a political cat, and he's always desperate to ensure the court isn't political. And then we have Germany making the announcement that unvaccinated people will be locked down and shots will now be compulsory. Way, way, to, way to lead the pack, Germany. No, it doesn't look bad at all. No, no, seriously. <laughs> Compulsory shots, locking people down for disagreeing, for, for being different. No, 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 it's, 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 it, it isn't right on brand at all. I know, I know, it's me going against my own rule about invoking the Holocaust, uh, but it was a musical, so I felt it was okay. <sighs> Good Lord. Well, we can at least agree that it's fascistic. You're going to lock people down for not getting vaccinated is... It, it, there's, there's right and there's wrong, and I only hope the people of Germany rise up and fight back, and I mean physically in streets. How, how, could, you, how could you want this? How could you ever want this? Meanwhile, we're expecting to hear from Joe Biden, really, you know, any minute, about his winter COVID plan. You know they're going to get into this. Is he on? Let's go to the president right now. and new policies to keep our children in school instead of quarantining them at home. I'll talk about the detail of each of these in a moment. The third piece of this is making free at-home tests more available than ever before and having them covered by your private insurance plans available in thousands of locations and available community health centers and other sites for the uninsured who don't have insurance. For increasing our surge response team that our, our doctors, our nurses, I know people in this audience know incredibly well about what a surge team is, but uh, medical staff into communities with rising cases and overburdened hospitals and short on personnel. 
And by the way, they make a gigantic difference. The governors, Republican governors as well as Democratic governors, contact me when I go into their states, talk about thank you for these surge teams because it really makes a difference in some some communities are hit so much harder than others. They just, you know, they, they, they just can't make it without them. We're, what we're going to do, I'll speak to this in more detail in a second. The fifth thing we're doing is accelerate efforts to vaccinate the rest of the world and strengthen the, uh, strengthen the international travel rules for people coming to the United States. I plan to announce, my plan I'm announcing today pulls no punches in the fight against COVID-19. And it's a plan that I think should unite us. I know COVID-19 has been very divisive in this country. It's become a political issue, which is a sad, sad commentary. It shouldn't be, but it has been. Now, as we move into the winter and face the challenges of this new variant, this is a moment we can put the devices behind us, I hope. This is a moment we can do what we haven't been able to do enough of through this whole pandemic. Get the nation to come together, unite the nation in a common purpose, to fight this virus, to protect one another, to protect our economic recovery, and to think of it in terms of literally a patriotic responsibility rather than a, somehow you're denying people their basic rights. I, the plan I'm announcing today is the plan our scientists and COVID teams have recommended. And while my existing federal vaccination requirements are being reviewed by the courts, this plan does not expand or add to those mandates. A plan that all Americans hopefully can rally around, and it should be and should get bipartisan support, in my humble opinion. And it should unite us, not continue to separate us. Parenthetically, you all know that there are literally, as it relates to whether or not we're going to pay the federal debt, whether we're going to, in fact, have a continued resolution, et cetera, some of my friends on the other team are arguing that if I don't commit that there'll never be any more mandates, they're going to let us default. In the neighborhood I come from in Claymont, they'd look at me and say, go figure, go figure. But before I explain each new action in more detail, I want to, and I'm not going to embarrass you, Doc, but I want to thank uh, Francis Collins. You know, uh, you've done an incredible job, Doc, uh, here at NIH, one of the most important scientists of our time, in my view. No, I, I'm not being solicitous. I think I'm, I'm not exaggerating a bit. After I was elected president, Dr. Collins was one of the first calls. I think you're the second call I made to ask you if you'd stay on. All right, I, I don't the need to hear uh, President Biden because uh, the praises of Francis Collins, know, uh, but rather this idea of vaccinating the world means he wants to provide vaccines to the rest of the world. But what happens when the rest of the world doesn't want to take them? And we've already seen where we have these nations that want to get into the compulsory of taking vaccines or having the rights of the citizen taken away, even though if they're not vaccinated, they're only hurting themselves and aren't spreading more COVID. The science is clear. Eventually, I don't see how Biden isn't getting himself into this place, at least wanting to be. And people vocalizing it and trying it. This is admittedly my fear. Let's bring it back to President Biden as he unveils his plan for COVID this winter. You ain't getting rid of me, man. I'm going to keep calling you all the time because there's a lot of other things we can do. Uh, you can do and help me to get done. You just tell me, point me in the direction, and I'll follow. 
I just received a briefing from Dr. Collins and Fauci and Dr. Lawrence Tyback, as well as Dr. Julie uh, Ledgerwood, and uh, I appreciate it very much. My only regret was it was a short meeting, so I, because I was come and speak. I think we would all benefit more if we had made my speech short and uh, spent more time uh, with these docs. But, uh, you know, uh, as they, uh, they, they study the, the Omicron variant, just uh, uh, that we have just two cases reported here in the United States. But as I explained on money, this new variant is cause for concern, but not panic. We know there be we knew there'd be cases uh, of this uh, of Omicron here in the United States, and it's here. But we have the best tools, the best vaccines in the world, and the best medicine, and the best scientists in the world. We're going to fight this variance with science and speed, not chaos and confusion. Just like we beat back COVID-19 in the spring, a more powerful variant, Delta variant, in the summer and fall. As a result, we entered this winter from a position of strength compared to where America was last winter. <clears throat> last Christmas, fewer than 1% of American adults were fully vaccinated. This Christmas, that number will be 72%, including more than 86% of seniors, the most vulnerable population. Last Christmas, our children were at risk without a COVID-19 vaccine. This Christmas, we have safe, effective vaccines for children this aged is five. Lying years. from Joe Biden. One percent of people being vaccinated is because it just came out last year because of Operation Warp Speed from who? President Trump and that team. And children were never at risk the way adults were at risk, or certainly seniors were at risk. That is despicable talk from Joe Biden. Despicable talk. Take it back to him. We are. So here, here it is. Experts say the COVID-19 cases will continue to rise in the weeks ahead in this winter. So we need to be ready. You can read the whole plan we're talking about here at whitehouse.gov. Go to whitehouse.gov and it's all laid out in detail. For now, here are the five key points I want to expand on slightly. We're expanding our national booster campaign to provide booster shots to all eligible adults. Our docs and the scientists believe that people who get a booster shot are more protected than ever from COVID-19. I was just told, which is a question I got to ask, I've been meaning to ask for a long time, whether or not not just it increases the, the, uh, the resistance to the variant that is being dealt with, but it also is, it, 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 it is stronger. It not only just raises the total, but it's, it's a stronger makes things more powerful in terms of resisting. And the Center for Disease Control and Prevention, the CDC, the Food and Drug Administration, the FDA, and our top public officials recommend all adults, all adults get a booster shot when it's time. But here's the deal. More than about 100 million are eligible for boosters, but haven't gotten the booster shot yet. Folks, if you're over the age of 18 and you got vaccinated before June the 2nd, six months has gone by. Go get your booster now. Go get it now. Booster shots continue to be free. We've already made available 80,000 locations, coast to coast in the United States of America, 80,000 locations to get the booster. You'll notice and he didn't give you the science exactly of what booster shots actually do. I'm not anti-vax, but no one can answer the question yet. 
how much will a booster shot protect me more? How many less days will I spend being down if I get COVID? How much reduced will my symptoms be? No one can answer it. Just, we believe it works, so go get it done. You will see businesses demand boosters. You will see it happen. Out of fear and out of ignorance and out of an unwillingness to say, wait, we don't know yet. And maybe somebody isn't, doesn't want that. It's really, really disgusting. Now, now, producer Ari, let me ask you a question. Do I take the break or do I take another minute of this? Because I don't yeah, know if I can take another, another minute, minute of this. and see where he heads, and then we can decide. Fine, another minute. Let's go. If it's, if it's Pfizer or Moderna, it's six months. If it's J&J, two months. And, to, you know, to reach our seniors, we're also collaborating with the American Association of Retired Persons, AARP, who will be reaching out to the 38 million members. They're going to make an aggressive effort. They're going to be hosting virtual town halls to answer questions on, and even arrange rides for seniors to get their booster shots. And so that will all be coming. My administration also contacted the 64, will contact the 64 million people on Medicare to remind them to get their booster shots. We have the ability to do that from the federal level. And just like I did to make it easier for folks to get their first and second shots, I'm providing paid off time for any federal employee who goes to get their booster. If the only time they can get it, the booster where they are, if it's at such and such a day in the middle of the day, they can go. All they have to do is demonstrate that's where they went or they took their son, daughter, husband, wife, mom, dad. They get paid. They don't get docked their pay. And I'm asking other employers in the private sector to do the same thing. No one should have to choose between a paycheck and getting additional protection for a booster shot. Now, I want to reiterate, Dr. Fauci and Dr. Collins believe if you're worried about Omicron variant, the best thing to do is get fully vaccinated and then get your booster shot when, when, you're, uh, when you're eligible. Right now, Excuse he's me. just repeating himself without conversations of science. We've got more of this. What else is he going to say? Uh, will he take questions? What will this plan be for the winter? I- I've got it for you because... I'm betting he's going to screw with your Christmas plans. Keep it right here. I'm Tony Katz. Not covered by private insurance. He's still going. Free test. He's talking about tests being free and covered by insurance. For folks to pick them up and take a test kit home. The bottom line, this winter, you'll be able to test for free in the comfort of your home and have some peace of mind. I got to tell you, nobody's interested in this. He's bringing up a, a, hey, look what we're doing for you that nobody, nobody cares anything about. What's the point of testing at home? I, I'm seriously asking the question. What's the point? I've done it. No, no, no. What is the point of, not that you have done it, what is the point of testing yourself every week? Oh, what's, I see what you mean. What's, what's the point of it? You can still spread it. You can still carry it. it, it it's here. What are we doing? This idea of testing doesn't actually provide a value, does it? No, no. Someone explain to me scientifically. Do the math for me. If I if you want me to go home and 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 test, you want me to test every week? You want me to test every day? 
We don't test for flu every day. We test for flu when we may have symptoms. What am I testing for? What would it matter how it comes up? If I'm already vaccinated, why am I testing? If you're telling me I have to test to take a flight or do this or do that, why did I get vaccinated? Why did anybody else? He's saying no lockdowns, but yes to vaccines. Is he really saying get the vaccine or stay in lockdown? We gonna play the part of Germany? I'll have more of this coming up. Keep it here. I'm Tony Katz.